What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host. Hey, just wanted to do a little intro for this interview that I'm about to have with my pops. We had a few technical difficulties, so occasionally you'll hear the sound cut. Actually, you'll only hear it a couple times, like two or three times you'll hear the sound cut and then start the interview over. We tried to make it as seamless as possible, but towards the end of the episode, you'll notice that there's a little bit of an echo because pops had to switch um rooms. So apologize for how that went, but it's just part of the process. So thank you for tuning in. This is an interview worth listening to. Dad has great information or great wisdom for any young man who's trying to figure out what to give their life to. Enjoy. So I thought that Brian had pine wood out here, but because it's it's not for burning outside, it's for burning in the in the internal fireplace. You can't burn pine inside cuz the um or like chimney or whatever. The creosote. The, the, the creosote. Yeah, that he didn't use that word, but that stuff. Um, so all the wood outside is hardwood. It's oak, maple, and cherry. And there is, I took a picture of it. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Let me show you. There was one piece of wood. Can you see that? 31 yeah, hits. Of. Okay. So <laughs> what were you using? I, that's an that's a a wood splitter and then I had an 8 pounds hammer. So that that piece of wood right there um I I drove that axe in as hard as I could and then I hit the top of that with an 8 pounds hammer 31 times and that's as far as it got. That that was the only the, most of the wood split relatively easy. That one was just being stubborn. I was like, it made me feel really strong for one thing, like a different kind of strong. My hands felt strong, mm-hmm. is what I told Brian. But then also like it was like hard work for you. I wasn't working for money. It it was a different kind of like, you know, here you heat the house with firewood. So if I didn't chop the firewood, we couldn't heat the house. It was it was just different. It was I had a really great time chopping firewood again here in New England. Good, because that's your choice. You have an oil heater, which is a bazillion dollars, or firewood, which is five hundred a year. You know, that's so. a good price. <clears throat> a cord of firewood around here is going to be over, well over two thousand. Is it really? Well, probably because they don't have a yeah. lot of hardwood down there. No, they, this is all they have here. Right, and. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we have so many no burn days. Yeah, <clears throat> people can't use it, and now they're trying yeah. to ban natural gas. So, well, here we go. But hey, pops, welcome to the podcast. So you don't have any? You don't have any? You don't have any wedges? Uh, a wedge like on an axe wedge? What do you mean? Well, no, it's it's a wedge about this big. Uh-huh. Yay long, eight inches or so, and just comes out to. Um, well, I could go over and get one. Why don't you just go get one? But we're recording. We're recording. Hey, that's all right. Go get it. Let's see this thing. For all those who are wondering, in New England, we have to chop firewood. So look at that. This is oh. what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like and an axe. You stick this down on there, and then you go. Yeah, 
And then yeah. you just beat the bejeebers out of it. And you usually need two of them. Sometimes you mm. need them made out of hardwood. Oh. Well, his, I mean, his axe looked like a wedge. Um, wasn't, it wasn't like the wood splitter on that axe company that you like, but, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was, it was about this long and big fat well, hammer at the end. But it was only one piece. It was only one piece and I wasn't going to let it beat me. I finally got it split, but I, it took so long. I was like, I have to take a picture of this. I have to let it be, but that's good. Well, pops, welcome back to the podcast. We are re-recording. Got to re-record the one that we had tried to upload twice because it kept mixing the audio funny. You know, some people made like, I think it was seven people made it all the way through that really, really crappy audio where it would like, who knows really? even what happened. Yeah, I was like, man, someone's got perseverance to stick through that. It's probably mom. Mom was for sure one of them. But we're going to re-record. Did she stop? (laughs) She stopped. She lasted longer than I did, though. Well, it was like you would ask a question and then like it would pause and then I would start answering the thing you'd said three minutes ago. I was like, I've even played with it. Who knows what happened? But um, we're here. So. What we're talking about today, I asked Pops to give us three pieces of advice uh, for young 20-somethings, late 20-somethings, early 30-somethings, really any age of life. Um, And I know what they are, um, so I'll I'll make comments along the way. But um, I've thought about some of the things that you said, even now as a married 30-something, I was like, well, I still need to, I still need to do some of those, Um, especially like with the, the marriage stuff. Um, sometimes you forget you, when you forget, when you're married, you forget that you got to go pursue your woman. So, um, you forget she didn't want to just hang out like you, like you and I want to hang out. So pops. Yeah, it's, um, well, so I am a full believer in there's nothing new under the sun. That's true. Amen. And we, we, uh, everybody plagiarizes. Sometimes they don't give credit. Sometimes they do give credit. I'm going to give credit to this man, Robert, uh, Robert Lewis. He wrote a book back in the nineties called raising a modern day night. And this Mm -hmm. is what we used for you guys. Uh, but before we start this, we, um, we talked a little bit before we got into this about where a lot of young men are right now yeah. in, and how confused they are. Like you and Keith or Dylan were talking about earlier today, we have fatherless men growing up to be fatherless fathers or fatherless or mm-hmm. raising, producing fatherless kids. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, I, I would hate to be a kid these days, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they got it tough. there's always hope because we're sucking wind. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, we're sucking wind. That's right. We are sucking wind. So there's, al- and there's always we're here to help. Yes. And we're here to um, help. Yeah. Did you, um, when we. we I'm trying to remember now where Jack came into this discussion. Was it before or after I gave these things? 
Uh, I think after probably. I don't know. Uh, you just tell after. us now. After you want to do it after? Okay. So in my in you know, gentlemen, my sixteenth birthday present was my folks' divorce, <clears throat> and um, that was the first of fourteen divorces in my immediate family. So I've been very touched by this um, devastation, if you will. And um, there was a, a family at church. I went. I started going to a new church because I got kicked out of my old church. For a, I'll talk for about your that parents some other time. But um, mm-hmm. because of my parents' divorce, I the elders asked me to leave. Bottom line. So I, was, I started going to Lakewood Church of Christ, where we go now. And there was a family there, had three kids. and But they recognized something in me that told them I was struggling. Hmm. And Jack, is, Jack and Nani Young have been a part of my life now since 1974. So however many years mm-hmm. that is. Um, <clears throat> almost 40. Hmm? No, almost 50. Is it almost 50? Yeah, almost 50, almost 50 years because I'll be 65. It's like 49 years. Yeah, 49 years. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I tear up when I think about losing Jack. He's, he's in, he's 80 some years old. He's losing his, he has dementia. He's getting mm-hmm. very frail. And, you know, he was a part of your life growing up. He was one of the the men that really spoke to you as a, at your teenage, at your 16th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some of my favorite pictures are when you got to introduce him to Noah mm-hmm. and yeah. just that tender, tender situation uh, re- thing that you guys had going on anyway. Yeah. Guys, find my the whole purpose of this was find somebody who is older than you are. Uh, I'm the same age as kid, as Mark, Jack's kids, <clears throat> so he's 16 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, find somebody that you can. It's called best practices. You see somebody that is stronger than you, find out what they did. You find see someone who yeah. is uh, has better hair. Find out what they did. You know, those best practices. (laughs) Find somebody. I think it's too late for me and and Dylan, but uh, maybe for you. Oh, it's way too late. But um, Find somebody you want to be like and imitate them (laughs) and ask them how they did it. That's right. Ask them how they did it. And and don't be shy about it. Say, I am a screwed up teenage guy. I'm a screwed up 20-something, screwed up 30-something. My marriage is on the rocks. Mm -hmm. Find somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what? I so, think I'm learning more and more, preaching. more and more. I'm learning that imitating someone else is the fastest way to learn the things that are most important in life. Assuming they're doing the right. most important things, like you can't beat discipleship to another person. Does that make sense? You can't beat. Well, oh, so like you, you yes. can't outread. You can't outread. You can't out podcast. You can't out TED Talk. You can't out YouTube. You can't out TikTok. Imitation of another human being that you're in relationship with and you want, you admire them. Mm-hmm. Like if you admire them, you want to be like them. You like their marriage, their career, 
the way they handle themselves, their faith, all you can't beat it. Like it's the right. it's the primary way to learn how to be a man in the world is learning from someone else. Right. So you know, your mom and I have been listening to this John Mark Comber guy that you put us on to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and a couple of weeks ago, we pulled up on video one of his sermons and we watched it. And then we watched the next one and it was one of their associate pastors. And then I just finished watching another one. Both those mm-hmm. associate pastors have some of the same mannerisms as John Mark Comer. <laughs> the exact and, same. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me when you were at Red Rocks Church here, you mm-hmm. you guys would all sort of dress alike. <laughs> we all do the exact same. The exact yeah. same. We were all imitating so, Pastor Andrew Matrone. Like, who was the intern director who hired 80% of the staff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a good, I mean, like you say, practice makes perfect, right? Mm-hmm. If you're practicing perfectly. You know, if you find something to mm-hmm. practice that is that is better than what you can do it, find out how they did mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's what we Amen. did with our parenting. Mm-hmm. We uh, we interviewed six couples who had been married 20 years or more when we got married. <clears throat> and we our, our life group spent six months with them, each couple. Really? Really? So one, yeah. Uh-huh. One night, it would be the guys and 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 the man and the girls and the wife, and then we'd switch. <clears throat> and then we'd have both of them together. And then we take a week off. And we, we did, we did that for six months. And that did a lot of so much. We learned so much about how to relate to each other and parenting. I mean, and they asked, they answered some really tough questions. Mm-hmm. And I remember this couple who I, they have three ki- four kids and you look at him, you think, how in the world do you have kids? But mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the best pieces of advice he gave us guys was always have clean fingernails before you go to bed. Why? Okay. Well, have clean fingernails anyway, cause that's gross, but just cause it takes, well, just think about it. Okay. <laughs> just okay. just ask Chelsea. <laughs> what are you drinking? Yeah. Just water. Okay. So the first thing, guys. Thirsty. Yeah, three tips would, from Pops. Hey, how's you three tips. The first yeah. one is excuse me, I gotta put my glasses on. A will to obey. A will to obey. What do we? What does that mean? A will to obey. What do we mean by a will to obey? So you're going to follow a will in life. It's going to be whether it's going to be yours or whether it's going to be God's. Hmm. And as we read through Scripture, starting with Adam and Eve, we we see every time humanity, human beings, followed their own will, hmm. it sucked big time. <laughs> 
So find God's will for your life. <laughs> you know, what, whatever you, well, I mean, you can't get wrong. You can't go wrong with thinking, you know, you come to a situation in life and just stop and think, okay, ask the question, what would Jesus do here? If you spend time in scripture, <clears throat> you'll know what Jesus was going to do in that situation. So follow mm. that will, not your mm. own. Okay. One thing I have, one thing, and we, me and Dylan talked about this on that spiritual authority. One thing I've learned, and I talked about it on the um, podcast, Finding Your Assignment, that this took me forever to learn. Because um, I like to pull things that I, I like to pull things out of the sky. Really, and it's like I really I wanted autonomy, you know, and autonomy um, is choosing your own will. It's an easy way to get in trouble, um, and to miss really good opportunity. It's actually a great way to self sabotage because you never know if you want to commit to something. But one of the things that's been so helpful for me in the last couple of years is looking to people who are older than me. Um, who know me really well um, and that have authority over me and asking Mm -hmm. them what they see. Um, What do you think God is doing in my life? Am I going after the wrong thing? Am I chasing ignoble pursuits? Like, what do you see? Uh, And I like, I take it all in. I really do. Um, Can't say always listen, but I do take it all in. But even today, like today I was having a day where I was like, I had to call pops <laughs> hard day and told him what was going on. And I was just like, all right, this is what I'm feeling. Am I just reacting or am I being wise? And he goes, you're reacting. I was like, okay. Um, Cause it's very easy for young people with no, no older direction, no external, um, no companion. What was that proverb we just did? Um, no counsel. To mm-hmm. go the wrong direction, to make poor decisions, to uh, obey your own will, and think you're well, following the will of God. I'm sorry to say this to you, but it's not just young people. It's yeah. It's all. We, I mean, it is something. It's something we struggle with all of our life. So just get yeah. used to it. It's kind of like that desert experience that we talked about you yeah. a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're going to have multiple desert experiences in your life. Yeah. You know what? I just had because, a thought. So I'll come back okay. to it. I'll come back to it. Are you sure? No, go ahead. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, it's amazing how clearly we can see other people's situation and how unclear we can see ours. Like how unclear ours is to us. Like, Do you know why? I, no. <laughs> Jesus there's, talked there's pl- about it in the sermon. Yeah, I was like, out. I was like, maybe there's a, there's, there's a plank. <laughs> yeah, there's a big there's plank. A- it's kind of like that piece of wood you were trying to split. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's exact- covering your face. It's just <clears throat> like I was just briefly thinking. I was like, I can see so many things that guys are doing that they're convinced is right now. No, 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 no. But then, like when it comes to me, I'm like, I think, I think this is right. I have no idea. No idea. So ask other people. Older mm-hmm. people too. Well, and I think, you know, you used the word there, authority over you. What does that entail from your part? Um, I would say uh, trust and submission. 
You have to, because mm-hmm. uh, assu- I, d- I do believe God has picked people who aren't, um, have a different kind of authority, uh, spiritual authority, um, that you only get when you walk with him for a long time. You know, it says that God promotes, right. he does. Um, so. Um, but I also think though, son, you asked them. You, oh, yeah, you yeah. gave them mm-hmm. permission to speak into your life. Yes. Yeah. And even if they are an authority over you, if you never do that, you'll never listen. Mm-hmm. Like, you even have to give God permission. Yeah. Yeah. God yeah. will not invade your life until you open that door. Yeah. Now, he may make it really mm-hmm. hard on you, but I mean, like, <laughs> like you admitted, you know, how, how many years did you wander through the desert? <clears throat> oh, at least 31. Uh, no, I would, uh, up, at least up until the time you met Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least then. And maybe a little bit after. Maybe so, after. So, <clears throat> a, a will, a will to do. The next mm-hmm. one, i got to check again. I'm sorry, guys. I lost my notes on this. Uh, a work to do. So, mm. what was Jesus's work? Like before his ministry? Um, no, that his ministry, but my work is to go and preach, to mm-hmm. heal, to bring hope to the mm-hmm. oppressed. Mm-hmm. What is our work in this world? <clears throat> you mm-hmm. know, some t- it, it may be your job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think your first, your first job, first work to do is your relationship with God. It's got to mm-hmm. be that. Mm-hmm. And then your your you know your next work to do is is if you have a wife if, if you have a significant other in your life work on that relationship and your kids and then and then your job but your job is going to free you up for mm-hmm. the most part to really be able to do those other things mm-hmm. so <clears throat> find you know like I told you you got to have a direction in life some people yeah. disagree with that I you know but. Um, I believe it's important that you have a direction. Um, uh, directionless men are dangerous men. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like first year Greek students. Yeah, the most dangerous people in the world. Um, yes. Yeah, but so like I've been clarifying direction. If you like, because you could have an outstanding job and no plan for your life. And no other responsibility outside your job, and you have no direction. Mm-hmm. I think if you are taking up as much responsibility in your home, your church, and at work as possible, you're setting yourself up to have direction in life because you're working on becoming somebody and contributing, right. not just doing the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're not willing to take up outside responsibility when you're single, um, you're probably not going to take up responsibility at your home the way you think you will actually you'll just continue to be selfish with your time he who is faithful in little things will be faithful yeah. much mm-hmm. yeah and again you know getting back to having that mentor in your life um who can help you with that mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's i mean that just shows how important that relationship is yeah so <clears throat> amen i'm actually getting to work with and a guy that- here pretty soon on he's about to you know get married 
and he asked me, he's like, can you teach me how to um, change my view on time so that I'm not living like I'm single when I get married? And I was like, I didn't nail much, but that one I did. I've got a, a will to obey, a work to do. <clears throat> What's the third one? Every every guy's favorite one, a woman to love. That's right. Amen. Let's talk about so, that one. <clears throat> everybody should watch the movie The Ultimate Gift. I was just telling somebody about that movie the other day. <clears throat> it's a it's a great movie about a what do you would you call a trust fund kid? Is that what you call the protagonist in that? Yeah, a very stereotypical trust fund kid. Exactly yes. what you would expect. So selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worried more about the nine thousand dollar paint job on his car than anything else. So anyway, <clears throat> there is a scene in there where he is the the young man is talking to his grandfather's lawyer. And he's he's at his at the lawyer's house, and he sees the lawyer's wife, who's dead. And uh, <clears throat> the lawyer asked the young man if there's anybody in his life, in the young man's life. And the mm. young man says, "I think so, I think so." And the lawyer says, "Then be the man she deserves." Come on. Amen. That is that is all of our calling, and is it's not easy. You know, you um, somebody I remember from my past said two people getting married and trying to form a life together is like two rivers coming together to form one, <clears throat> and they just collide, and they and the, all the swirling water, and it's. It's just a disaster until it smooths out. And then yeah. all the tributaries are kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like what I like what you told Dylan, our our, my, our youngest your youngest brother, that mm-hmm. um you never find out you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married. And then when you have your first child, that's when you really find out how selfish you are. But uh, you, we're only deep I learned I learned that from you. Well, yeah. Used to, I mean, used I found, to say that all the time. That was a oh, that was a Gary house. Tucker. Oh, I stole it from somebody. I, I oh. know I did. Um, oh. But you don't know you don't know how to do that <clears throat> in, until you start doing it. I mean, there's there's you can sort of prepare. You read books, watch videos, do things together. But until you actually say I do and you move in together and find out that she squeezes the toothpaste from the bottom and you just grab onto it and squeeze it or the toilet paper roll, however it comes off or where you leave your dirty underwear. Me and Chelsea got into a fight because she's a savage who squeezed the toothpaste right in the middle and she doesn't just push it from the back to make sure you get the most of it. Drove me nuts. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine everybody. That. Yeah, everybody. Every man needs a woman he's willing to die to himself right. for. Like, yes, you're willing yeah. to die for, but like you're willing to die to yourself 
four. Um, and like Ch- I can say that Chelsea is that. I know that Crystal is that for Dylan. Um, and I know Audrey is that for Colin. I know Mom Isn't is that, that amazing? for you. Yeah. Back to back. I mean, Colin and Audrey. I mean, it is really fun to watch they're, those two little lovebirds. They're perfect. I oh, love they them. Are. Like, I want them to move out here or somewhere so that I can hang out with them. <laughs> like, well, you can always move so. to Nebraska. It'll never happen. Um, but <laughs> it'll just, it'll never happen. I'll, I'll, I'll Jonah before I go there. Oh. whatever man he needs he needs a woman to love i i think i said did i say this the other day i was like you really find out what kind of man you are when you get married you become a man when you're responsible for taking care of another person namely a woman like you find out because you can only have so much responsibility up until then right but the the amazing thing about though that though is the the more we take care of them Mm mm-hmm and not in a chauvinistic way, but in a very real mm-hmm. tender way where we yeah. we are meeting their needs emotionally, spiritually, uh, being present, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the better man we become because we're associated with them. Cool. So we were talking about a woman to love. Yes. A woman to love. Every man needs a woman to love that he's willing to die to himself for. Right. And, you know, you did a podcast just a few weeks ago about uh, Abigail. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a very good podcast that you did. Oh, thank uh, you. <clears throat> part, though, I mean, it is one thing to marry a good person or the right person, you know, mm-hmm. as you call them. I think it's just as important, though, to be the right person. Yes. And <clears throat> that is where... You know, you you um, you spend, and I, I believe that you're very good at this, Keaton. But you spend your time studying your wife mm-hmm. to know her moods, her wants, her desires, mm-hmm. her birthday gifts, her Christmas gifts, because she mm-hmm. may or may not tell you, except in passing. Yeah, follow her on Pinterest. Did you, you hear that? I said, follow her on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. So I'm preaching at the church coming up. Uh-huh. I'm preaching on topics or on the topic I have is dating. And the so they have like a series verse that they're doing um, called, and it's from Proverbs. It's the uh, walk with the wise and become wise, but and a companion of fools suffers harm. And I'm covering dating. They want me to preach on dating. And so I'm, I'm the, my message title and the, the direction I'm going is I'm t- calling it. Don't fall for Nabal. Don't fall for Nabal. Uh, Nabal means fool mm-hmm. um, from that story with Abigail. And so the direction I'm going is um, I'm going to assume that for the purpose of the message, that it's not an arranged marriage that, Abigail fell for Nabal because he's really, really, really rich, like $5 million a year income kind of rich um, in modern money. Um, he's successful. He's got, he acts like a king, 
which is one of my funny the funny things about him. he he throws a dinner for himself like a king. Um, he's the guy who looks good when you're dating, but because his character is so bad, you end up uh, having to go before him to make up for all of his mistakes. If you fall for if you're a woman who falls for Nabel, but men fall for Nabel a different way. Uh, men fall for Nabel by trying to be like Nabel. He's got all the external uh, things that makes him seem successful. You can't see his character. So the assumption guys make is, I see that guy. He's successful. I want to be like him. So I'm just going to copy whatever he does, but take no time to develop what's inside. So they end up so, with a lot of success and no character. Are you saying you need to, you, you, you wanted to be like the dude on suits? Oh, his character was, his TV character was incredible. His internal character was awful. <laughs> Horrible. Harvey Specter. Yes. Yeah, I, I never watched that show, but I remember you saying that from, uh, from your video that you yep. did at Red Rocks. Yep. Um, yes. That's, that's how, what guys fall for. They see the money, the success, the power, the suits, the glamour, the girls, and they, they, they automatically, I want that. So whatever he does, I'm just going to do. And if I do whatever he does, I'll get there. Um, in one sense, that's true. We were talking about discipleship, but if you become a disciple of the wrong person and mm-hmm. have no idea what their character is like, you will end up right. like the person you will end up like the person you follow. <clears throat> You'll end up like Nabal. All of Nabal's workers left him. He was a guy who pushed men away and left his wife unloved. Whereas yes. David, David may have been poor at the time, but he was at least acting like a king. He was among the people. He was drawing men to himself. Um, he had direction. He had a destiny. Like, yeah. You know what's amazing so, about about David at this time is even <clears throat> though he was running from Saul, mm-hmm. he was still fighting for Saul <clears throat> and destroying Saul's enemies. Yes. Yep. Um, I mean, undercover with the Philistines. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he that's, was doing that's some great storytelling. He was doing what kings do without the position, which right. is the mark of a man with direction. <clears throat> You're taking responsibility even if you don't have the position. So, you know, um, you are talking, what was the name of that book by Christopher Caldwell? Age of Entitlement. Age of Entitlement. Does mm-hmm. it have something to do with Ronald Reagan? Yes. Well, and the um, civil rights movement um, and the focus of Ronald Reagan's policies because he was such a disciple of Ayn Rand and um, as governor or as president, both as president, mostly president okay, um, is what they cover and the unintended consequences of those policies where you end up with, you get rid of governmental power, but all you did was swap it for gigantic corporate power. Right. And what <clears throat> happens, what happens if, giant corporations go woke and get to dictate the culture. That's, that's kind of the path it takes. It's a fantastic book. Okay. I'll read it. Um, but anyway, he did say one of the things he said, um, it is amazing what people can do when they don't care about who gets the credit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, amen. 
No, it's it's not a bash on him. It's a this is it's a this is how we got here. Yeah, kind of book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman to love, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing I would I want to say about that because I hear a lot of young guys say like, I I want to stay single so I can be more successful, and then I'll get married. That's a that's a common belief. Um, and in one one aspect, I agree. When you're single, you get to do more things with your time that you just wouldn't do. But the woman you marry, it will be like a catapult. Uh, yes. If you treat her well, she will catapult you to heights you never saw by just by her words. Mm-hmm. She's got a power that you, it, I love that it says in Proverbs, a good wife is the crown of her husband. So a man cannot become a king. He can't have a crown upon his head until he gets married. It's his, it's his wife who pushed him there. Right. Or even in Proverbs 31, it says, um, when it's talking about the excellent wife, mm-hmm. one of the markers of an excellent wife is her husband sits at the city gates. He has influence right. in the city. It's like, how did he get there? His wife. Right. Because it, it tells the world, one, it tells the world that you have somebody you care for. And she just, you will rise and fall to the words that your wife speaks about you. They have amazing power. Right. Um, and, um, you learn that from Abigail too, but if, if, if you die to yourself for her, right. she yeah, will launch I, you wherever you, know, you want to go. You, you mentioned that, um, we were at a family life conference years and years and years ago. You guys were little mm-hmm. and on Sunday morning, they split them up guys and girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, the preacher on Sunday morning, the guy doing the preaching, <clears throat> challenged us guys to look at our lives and see if there was um, what we could sacrifice for our wives or for our yeah. families. You know, is there anything that is keeping you from making her your your number? Well, you're not her number. You're number two. Besides your relationship with God, mm-hmm. and I mean that has stuck with me now for all these years, probably about twenty five years or so. So, <clears throat> a woman I remember you talking about that on yeah. our very first podcast because mm-hmm. you gave up bike riding. Yes, well, I gave up bike riding for you guys. Oh, I thought you'd maybe I'm remembering the wrong thing. Well. <clears throat> I mean, it was it was in the context of sacrifice for your family, but I knew mm-hmm. that you know my four to five thousand miles of bike riding a year was not going to be beneficial to you guys as you're going through puberty. No, because that would be check it out. Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it's easy for guys to check out. It, oh, it is, especially in, I know Colin does, I can't, I can't bash on video games. <laughs> no, you can't, because I know just as many men who check out working out working as they out, do on, vi- on the as video course, games. Riding their mm-hmm. bikes. Yeah. I mean. Senior pastor. I know, my, I know men who check out doing ministry at church. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's very easy to make other things, good things, excellent mm-hmm. things, 
your mistress. Oh yeah. I do it with reading frequently and I have to like check myself. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, you'll, you'll find some reason to not, not pay attention to your wife. Right. It's so weird. So just to recap, it's amazing how often, you know, we're sitting upstairs in the family room watching TV together Mm -hmm. and your mom's on the couch laying down prone, but she's playing Mm -hmm. a game at the same time on her phone. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of scrolling through the Discover feed on Google, finding mm-hmm. funny stories to read, or mm-hmm. you know, finding YouTube videos that make fun of other people. Um, <laughs> is yeah. that really benefiting our relationship? Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. But you know, one thing that has um, I, I got to show you this. So. These are my notes on John Mark Comer's sermons. I have They're never, incredible. I have never taken notes on sermons. But what this the reason I we do this is because on Sunday mornings this is what we do for our devotional. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do, you know, um, do what Jesus uh, be with Jesus uh, do what Jesus did and be like so be with Jesus become like Jesus do what Jesus did right yeah I would add a fourth one for our cultural moment mm-hmm. if you want to be a true disciple of Jesus you need to believe what Jesus believed right I think that and that might be the deal breaker for a lot of people when you point out that he believed the Old Testament yes um he came to fulfill it yeah <clears throat> Yeah, well, but that's a whole other. He sort of has to believe in it. I mean, his spirit mm-hmm. was present throughout it, and his dad was pretty prominent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you want to believe John one, you have to believe the rest of the Old Testament. That's right, and all um, of the wars yeah. of humanity and God's yeah. dealing with it. But that's, I think, that is our uh, our cultural thing right now. A lot of people love to be with Jesus. A lot of people, they like what Jesus did, at least the things that they focus on. Um, what Jesus did always finds a way to fit their uh, political views. It's amazing, no matter what they are. Or their hairstyles. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just was uh, like on your last two podcasts on Fridays. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Jesus was, he was a man. I mean. He was a man. He, he he probably could have split that log today with with just one sweat. One oh, he, yes, because he was actually really, really, really strong. Yeah, but there was no, there was also nobody approached Jesus, and he was like, "You know what, dude, you're nailing it." At best, someone got, "You're not far from the right. kingdom." That was the best mm-hmm. because you don't approach God with. Look how good I am. Like you just don't. Right. You, you or, approach. you know, we approach God like um, the lawyer did in Luke 10. Trying to justify himself. Trying to justify himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, hey, God, look at me. Yeah. I'm loving my wife. I'm doing your well, will. I, 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 yeah. I still do that. I, I mean, I still do that 
I'll probably be doing that for the next 40 years. <laughs> but um, I heard some guy say, never forget you need mercy. And yeah, but yeah. So and, just know, to recap. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. You recap. Well, I was just going to say uh, the three things that every young man needs. Um, you need a will to obey. Um, you need to obey God. Go with what's written. Try not to go beyond what is written. Um, because then you tend to pull stuff out of the air. Get some spiritual wisdom in your life from older people. Uh, you need a, a work to do. That's not just your job. That involves a lot of responsibility, um, direction, calling. Maybe it costs, it probably should cost you something. I think mm-hmm. there's something, there's something to giving yourself to a job that costs you something. Um, that changes, changes your life. Um, and then you need a woman to love. Amen. Anything else you'd add, Pop? Well, you know, when you, when you talk about costing you something, um, mm-hmm. remember when David, after the plague, when he numbers the men mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> three days of the angel of the Lord killing. And he stopped, the angel stops actually at the threshing floor of Arana. And that then is where David goes to, uh, to build an altar for the Lord Mm -hmm. to make sacrifices. And, you know, Arana sees the king coming with his entourage and stuff and what he learns, what the, what he's going on. And so we'll just take it. Here, just take this piece of property. And mm-hmm. David says, no, I will not sacrifice anything to God that costs me nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> we have mm-hmm. to have skin in the game for God to work yeah. it through our lives. Yes. Yes. And full confession here. When you do make a sacrifice, don't wish you had it back. Right. Like, don't wish you had it back. Um, It'll take you from moving forward and uh, fulfilling what you think, what God is. No one is fit for the kingdom who looks back to the plow, right? What's it say? Mm -hmm. Who puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, as long as you're looking forward, you're going to plow straight. Yeah. Yeah. Once you turn around, then you can look back where you were, but... You know, and or, you know, you have that example or you have Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, yeah, those two. <laughs> uh, we Here is everything yeah. we got for our property that we sold just for you, God. And they yeah. didn't. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah, we live in that All tension right. between grace and truth. And uh, it's a yeah. tough place to be, but... It's safe yeah. in the arms of Jesus. Sure is. Um, sure is. Well, Pops, thanks for joining us. And guys, thank you for sitting through our computer issues. Uh, somehow My always day. happen. Hey, whatever you're doing, are you recording on the iPad right now? No, I'm on mom, your mom's computer. Okay. Well, it's working great. Yeah, it's working it's, great. So, but thank you for computer. joining, Pops. I really appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> we'll use it next time. All right. Yeah, Thank we'll, you for tuning we'll, we'll in. The, this is the we'll man I want to be. Po- What's that? Yeah, we'll do the next one. We got to talk about your business. Right.
I want to be like those other. But I got to, yeah. But I got to stop the recording first. Yeah, go to bed. <laughs> hold so hold, don't don't interrupt. <laughs> this is the man I want to be podcast. <laughs>